You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and we'll probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Uh, this is a, a special episode of Simply Stogies, episode 21, I believe. And we have with us a very special guest today. He is part of the simplystogies.com crew. He is the lead reviewer and the content director of simplystogies.com. It's Mike Breek. Mike, welcome back to Simply Stogies. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for uh, coming on. We're going to talk about the Isabella Time Traveler 2019 limited edition cigar. We're going to go through our individual reviews. We're going to compare, contrast, talk a little bit about Isabella and uh, what they're all about. But before we get to that, I want to say a thank you and a big shout out to a brand new Patreon subscriber, Richie Han. Richie, Thank you so much for your support. I hope I continue to earn your support. And you joined at the right time because just last night I released the first episode, the inaugural episode of Tales from the Lounge uh, with myself and Tim, Timothy Allen from, uh, again, simplystogies.com. He's our admin and, and he's working on a couple of things for simplystogies.com right now. That's a fun episode, certainly different than what I do here. So Patreons get to see a little different side of me. I hope you enjoy it. So Richie, thank you so much for your support. If you'd like to join Richie in supporting me and get access to the brand new Patreon exclusive podcast, Tales from the Lounge, just go to patreon.com forward slash simply stogies. Uh, if you go to simply though, you'll see that we've we're still transitioning into a, a news site, a cigar media site, chock full of reviews and news. And one of the latest news articles uh, has to do with Lito Gomez of uh, LFD, La Flor Dominicana. Uh, they put out a press release, and we talked about this in episode 20, uh, where uh, everyone seems to be putting out press releases now, whether or not they're going to the PCA trade show or whether they're not going to the PCA trade show. I've never really, I think like this is unprecedented because normally people don't have to announce that they're going to the trade show, but LFD uh, announced that they are participating in the PC, uh, PCA 2020 trade show. Part of what uh, Lito Gomez says uh, in his, in his letter, in his press release is uh, this event has been instrumental in the success of our company. It is where we began to build our history is where we first forged friendships with so many people across our industry that we love and respect, and it is where we continue to nurture and grow those relationships. I look forward to the trade show as an opportunity to spend time with the people that have given us so much support for so many years. And for this reason, it makes me happy to announce that my family and the entire LFD team will attend the PCA this year. Great, right? That's, that's fantastic. He goes on to say, Quote, I cannot ignore the sadness that overcomes me knowing that at this very moment, we as an industry are facing the worst enemy in our history. This enemy is not and should not be among us. It is the FDA, and their intentions are clear. They want to destroy us. It worries me that we find ourselves so divided in such difficult and crucial times 
when unity is our only option for survival. He hit the nail on the head. It echoes what I said in episode 20. Uh, Mike, you, how long have you been smoking cigars again, just to refresh our, our listeners' memories? Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, going on 20 years, I guess. Wow. Is this the first time you've seen something like this within the industry, so much infighting? I mean, I'd say it's probably the most fractured I've seen it where, you know, it almost reminds me a little bit of like, uh, you know, the cool kids aren't going to the your high school prom and now everyone has to check themselves to see, oh, am I going or am I not going? Um, but yeah, it's just, I think Lito is exactly right where, you know, let's get through the bigger battle and then focus on, you know, how we want to run the PCA each year. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And as I said in episode 20, I'm not sure what a cigar industry looks like with the void, you know, of the PCA. If the PCA is gone, who who fills in that that uh, that void that's left by them? Uh, nature abhors a vacuum. So something is going to to take its place. It, will it be as effective as the PCA? The PCA has been around for ever. I mean, they may have changed their name this last year, but they have been around for, what, 60, 70 years? Yeah, for, for a while now. Right. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. I do know that we are uh, part of the PCA. Uh, we will be at the PCA trade show this year, 2020. It's going to be uh, a good time. And we're going to do our best to pump out content for you, the listener, uh, and uh, those of you who go to simplystogies.com. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you will be getting this episode a couple of days early, as always. So we are going to be referencing the review that Mike has done. It'll be up on simplystogies.com on the 1st, the same day that this episode launches everywhere. So if you'd like to take a look at simplystogies.com on the 1st uh, and check this out for everyone else, go to simplystogies.com. And this will be the new review by Mike Brieg. Uh, it's the Isabella Time Traveler 2019 limited edition. You did a ton of research for this, Mike. The the research just kind of like came to me. It was uh, for for being a tiny brand like Isabella that probably a good chunk of people have never even heard of. There was a ton of information out there for uh, not only the brand but um, the the cigar itself. Yeah, I have to give a shout out to Johnny. As I mentioned in the last few episodes, we've been trying to transition into a more of a cigar news and media outlet. Uh, and, and he was the very first person that answered my call to, hey, you know, we'd like to be put on press release. And he was like, yes, absolutely. And then he was kind enough to send not only myself, but also Mike samples of uh, the, the Time Traveler 2019 so that we could review it and put it on our site. And this would have actually gone up last week or the week before if the PCA news hadn't broken. Unfortunately, it gets pushed back a week. I, I'm, I'm trying to get Johnny on the show, and we're, we're, I'm looking forward to that. He said he'll he'll be able to do it. We just got to figure out schedule. So look forward to that in, in the next couple of months. So let's talk about uh, Isabella. And before we get into in, before we get into the the time traveler, what do you know about Isabella? Uh, how long is the episode? <laughs> no, uh, honestly, before this, the only thing I knew about Isabella is that uh, one of my buddies had given me one of their cigars a, a year or two ago. And regretfully, that cigar is still in my humidor. That's kind of what I knew going into this. And so I did a little bit of research and was surprised to find 
um, that they've been around for quite a while. So uh, about 20 years is what uh, Johnny told me um, in terms of when they launched the company. Yeah, that was after, I guess he had kind of a, a crucial meeting with uh, one of the Cuban masters. I'm going to butcher any kind of Spanish or foreign language name, but Vicente. <laughs> yeah, Vicente Ortiz, yes. Vicente, there we go. I will say I was really intrigued by them because, um, you know, a lot of reviewers that I kind of respect and, and read their reviews last year had nothing but really positive things to say about their cigars. Yeah, I, I have not found a review of an Isabella, uh, the cigar that's that's bad. Yeah, same. They They seem to do very well. They've been around for over 20 years. This is news to me. But again, I've only been smoking for a couple of years, but you've been smoking, Mike, for as long as they've been in business. Well, and it's kind of strange. I mean, like, I understand if you don't see it in your brick and mortar humidor, that's not that uncommon anymore. But I haven't even seen them advertised online or, uh, you know, to some of the popular sites that I buy cigars from. You know, they just kind of didn't exist for a while, seemingly. Right, which is which is a little weird that they have this this small footprint, especially with uh, like if we went if we go to last year's Shapeshifter, like you mentioned in the research and background of of your review, that cigar earned a lot of really high reviews last year, a lot of high scores, and it found its way onto several 2018 best of 2018 lists. When that happens, typically that's that's a boon for the for the cigar company and those of us who are cigar geeks, if you will, start taking a harder look, a closer look at these companies like Isabella. But that doesn't seem to be the case with uh, with this company. No, and I think it's probably you know just a, a result of about you know their the availability of these cigars. I, almost everything they do seems to be a very limited release. I know they take kind of like an artisanal approach to how they produce cigars, not artisanal in the hipstery way we use that word now, but like <laughs> a true artist approach where they're super focused on the, the end result that they put out to the point where they just, they kind of abandon all kind of like business logic and uh, you know, any, any kind of monetary concern that they're going to get out of this thing. It really sounds like they're just, in it to make like the best cigar they can on the time frame that the cigar needs and everything else kind of be damned. And that's not a bad way to be, to be honest. I mean, so we've talked with Nick Melillo on the show. We've talked with Pete Johnson. We've talked with John Huber. These are all artists. And I was having this conversation with Tim this weekend when we recorded the first uh, tales from the lounge is that like, when I think of cigars, I think that it is a work of art. I mean, yes, we smoke it. Yes, it's consumable, but that doesn't make it any less a work of art. And when you talk about these blenders and, and, and the rollers and the artists behind the bands, the artists behind the boxes, th these are a work of art. And so I think Johnny uh, and his last name, I'm going to slaughter this. And so please forgive me, Johnny. Uh, Johnny Piet, uh, that's probably way off. Pietti, maybe. I don't know. I apologize, Johnny. I should have asked. He takes this to the next level. And it kind of reminds me almost like a John Huber type where he really looks at this as art, as what he does is an expression and an extension of who he is. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think 
to their approach. I mean, especially for this one, the, the time traveler, they, uh, you know, from what I was reading, it's all sourced from these really small farms. You know, they're not huge runs of tobacco. He said they specifically look for like, quote unquote, mom, pa farms um, that just make like, you know, really, really good tobacco. And so that, I mean, in my brain, that kind of reminds me of like when you hear about the guy who's out there to make like the best, you know, um, you know, cheese or something. He's out there finding, you know, the specific cow that he wants the milk from. And then he's going to age it in this certain cave somewhere. And, you know, like he definitely has like a vision of what he wants the cigar to be. And he's not really afraid to go out and just kind of get like these small quantities to make it happen, which is really weird these days when, you know, anytime you're producing, like, I, I think the total production on this cigar was like right under 2,500 cigars total, which is nuts. That is nuts. And we talk, so we talk a lot about a lot of boutique brands on, on this podcast and on simplystokies.com. And that's just because that's kind of what we gravitate towards is as, as cigar geeks, as cigar nerds, if you will, doesn't mean that there aren't great cigars out there elsewhere. It's just, that's what we're covering right now. And I, I like I like a lot of what we're covering. I think Mike likes a lot of what we're covering. I know you had a lot of Ezra Zion that you covered. It doesn't mean we don't cover Davidoff. It doesn't mean we don't cover Drew Estate, but these are the ones that, that we like to talk about because they may not get all of the exposure. And if you remember, like everyone we, that I've interviewed so far, Jeremy Castagli, uh, Nick Malilo, John Huber, Pete John, they're all boutique brands. They all consider themselves boutique. In fact, Jeremy Castagli says they're boutique as fuck. I would say Isabella is boutique as fuck. They are the epitome of boutique. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just, I mean, they're out there making art and just kind of like not caring if anyone buys it, it seems, you know? They're like that, that guy you see on TV that just like lives in a dilapidated art studio making, you know, these awesome paintings and then just like stack them up somewhere. Like, well, if it sells, it sells, that's fine, but it's beautiful and I'm happy. Yeah. And, and they are beautiful cigars that I have not had a bad Isabella. So sp yeah, spoiler alert for, for, for the upcoming review. So let's just jump into the review, Mike, let's, let's jump into this and I'll jump into it uh, and I'll read the, the, uh, some of what the press release says, uh, that, uh, for the time traveler, uh, 2019, We've spent the better part of three years blending, reblending, and aging this Vitola, which we consider to be one of the most unique cigar experiences ever created. Our intention with this blend was to take you back in time on a flavorful transitional journey through some of the greatest different Cuban cigar flavor profiles of the early 90s. This journey is reflected by the eight distinct, seamless transitions of changing flavor profiles that the time traveler reveals. To create this unique blend and its transitions, we first utilized three diff different grades and types of wrapper leaf, each of which was aged at different lengths. To create a harmonious, distinct, changing profile, we added Nicaraguan Mediatempo to its binder, as well as aged Nicaraguan Mediatempo and Nicaraguan tobaccos to the filler. This unique combination of tobacco varietals, as well as the unique different aging process of each helped us fulfill the final reveal of eight distinct seamless transitions of the Isabella time traveler. That's a lot. That is, that's a lot. I don't think I have ever read uh, where any other cigar has claimed to have 
eight different seamless transitions. Normally, when you rate a cigar uh, and you're, you're you're trying to review it and you're trying to do flavor profiles and what are you t- the tasting notes? It's every third, right? Yeah, exactly. And you don't get eight different transitions. There's usually just three, maybe four transitions. Depends on on the cigar and and the blender, but this touts eight seamless transitions. Right. So, I mean, just to kind of break down some of those things in their press release. So, yeah, I was intrigued by that eight different transitions as well, because to me, that seemed like a pretty ambitious thing to claim, you know, in, in a cigar that's only six and a half inches long. That means every, I think it's three quarters of an inch or so, you're going to be getting some new, you know, flavor profile to go with it. So I was super curious to see if that could even remotely be true. Um, And then the other thing was I was really intrigued by this uh, whole notion that the cigar is kind of a a tribute or an homage to 90s Cuban uh, tobacco. And that is so prior to when I started smoking cigars. And so I was really... um, just kind of, I wanted to see what that was all about because I know, I feel like I have a pretty decent grasp on what current Cuban cigars are, but 90s stuff, I mean, unless I have something, you know, ancient in my humidor, I'm, I'm probably not getting a hold of it. Right. Yeah. Same here. Uh, what I find is interesting about the company uh, before we really deep dive into this is that the cigars are rolled by six pairs of level nine plus expat Cuban master rollers each with over 30 years of experience. Are you kidding me? Like one of the things that I have marked down for my review of this is that number one, it's beautiful. It looks like a work of art. It's a barber pole. It is absolutely a gorgeous cigar, but the, the, the construction on this thing, it's built like a tank. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it is a beauty. The, the, the ash didn't flake very much. It was, it held its, it held its shape for me. Uh, it, the, the humidity and the cold here in the Midwest did not affect it at all. So when I smoked mine, I don't know about you, Mike, but here where I'm at, it gets frigid. And that's when I was smoking these cigars was it was, you know, 25, 30 degrees outside. And I had this propane heater in front of me. And so Going from inside where the house is a, a 70, the humid, uh, uh, the, the humidor, the winedor that I have is set at 65, uh, taking it from 65 to 70, then out into 20, 30 degree weather, then having it in front of a heater that's probably just getting things up to about 40, maybe 50. It didn't affect it at all. This thing is rolled perfectly. Yeah, Absolutely. I see you didn't take the approach I did of leaving mine outside for three days to acclimate to that environment. No, no, <laughs> no. I, 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 maybe I should have, but I didn't, I didn't have any issues whatsoever. I was shocked, shocked. Same. Yeah. And it's uh it's not unheard of at all for, I mean, you to take, like you said, a cigar from your house, which is, you know, 60, 70 degrees outside to 25 and you're just get total garbage. Right. There are sometimes I walk outside with a cigar and I'm not going to mention brands, but I'll walk outside with it and there goes the wrapper. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I hate that. I absolutely hate it. This, this did not happen with this one, uh, with, with the, the ones that I smoked. It was fa- uh, fabulous. Uh, the website, Isabel's website, you know, uh, says that, uh, the time traveler is a three year long labor of love. Uh, the cigars have been aged 32 months prior to release. That's a lot of planning that goes into this cigar. Yeah. And, uh, it's actually a pretty interesting process, I guess, that they go through, you know, and I, I don't think it's super, uh, similar from other processes you know from other manufacturers but essentially what they do is they set it aside with the idea of okay it's going to need to age for at least two years so they age it for you know around two years and then they start uh doing what johnny called just a dip test where they take one out smoke it see how it is nope not ready they put it back in and uh you know so they just repeat that until they finally get it to a point where they think it's perfect and they kick it out but I did ask him specifically with this one, you know, why they decided to age it for the duration they did. And he said uh, there were two big reasons. Number one is that the age um, helps to uh, age out essentially the heavy oils, which really improves the burn experience. And then two, uh, you know, that additional age really cools off some of the pepper that uh, I don't know about you, but I got a lot of pepper. So I can't imagine what it tastes like fresh off the line. Right. I wouldn't say I got a lot of pepper, but I certainly got pepper. And we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that here in, in just a second. But yeah, I was going to, I was going to say that, that they, that the reason it's aged so long is because they want it to kind of calm down a little bit. When you think about eight flavor transitions and they're like, yeah, we need to calm this down. Again, that's a lot of forethought that goes into what is this going to taste like in three years? Another thing that I thought was kind of cool is they kind of like go through this process and they complete it and then they seem to start again, you know, so that, you know, the last time time traveler came out was 2017, which is about two to three years ago. And so it seems like, you know, they're not in a rush to keep doing this. It's not like they, you know, they have one set up to come out every single year. And I think that that's kind of cool because it means that they're, you know, really focused on what they're doing at the present and not trying to, you know, juggle too many things at the same time. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And they, they each blend is similar, he says, but they're all, it's also a little different. Uh, so like in this one, he says that they used a little bit more uh, uh, Lajero to kind of pump it up a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense if you're trying to source things from from tiny farms, you know, it's not going to be as consistent as those big, huge operations. But they consistently put out fantastic cigars, and this one is no different. Let's just, you want to jump into this review? You want to, let, let's start comparing, like, what we got, uh, uh, what I tasted, what you tasted kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let, let's do this. So uh, my first third, like, so this had a sweet cap, right? So, yeah, that was uh, something that kind of intrigued me. And it's something that Isabella does with all their cigars, as far as I know, where they use uh, like a sugar-based sealant to seal the cap. So it's, you know, basically a sweetened cap. Full disclosure, I typically don't like that. Same. This, I thought it played well with the flavors that I was getting from the cigar. I don't know if that was by design or if that just kind of happened on accident or if this is something that like he goes into like trying to, again, planning it out, forethought, what's this going to to taste like? Let's sweeten all the caps on all my cigars. 
part of me wondered if it's like more uh, true to the the history of cigars. You know what I mean? Like before there was cigar glue. And so I kind of wonder if it stemmed from that and less about the, the flavor component. But um, yeah, I, I don't really know. Uh, regardless, the, the, the sweetness lingers. Yeah. Like I said, it plays with the flavors that, that you're tasting on your tongue. For me, this cigar shined on the retro hail. Every time I retro hailed, it was something new. It was something different. I, and I don't retro hail all the time. I'm not all that fantastic at it yet. Uh, you know, it's something that I've been working on and, and perfecting. And so I don't do it every time, but for me, every time it was smooth, it was almost nutty. Um, there were pepper notes that would come and go with this cigar. Was that the same for you? Would they come and go or was there, was there a transition from pepper to something else? Yeah. So was the pepper was definitely, I, I mean, it, to me, it was kind of like a bookmark of the, the transitions that yeah. I'm maybe trying to note. So it always seemed like at certain moments, pepper would show up, linger for a little bit, fade away, and then kind of like show up again. You know, and it would be a different versions of pepper. Sometimes it was like real potent black pepper in your face that you could not miss. And other times it was a little more subtle, like, you know, that like softer white pepper. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was, <laughs> it did, it came in and went. And, and this is just in the first third. This is just, this is the first third. The uh, Both times I smoked it, uh, I was getting some wood and then some coffee and some, it, like a, there was a nuttiness to it every each time it was I I, I can't place the nut at all. Yeah, it's always hard for me to. I uh, but, uh, I also got like a good like subtle creaminess to it as well. That was just kind of like serving to tie all those things together. Yeah, I, for me that comes across. You say creamy, it comes across to me as cream of mushroom soup. Yeah, I that's, see. that's how it comes across to me. So it's almost like this musty, but very creamy, mellow. Uh, yeah, every time, every time for me. And I, I have that. It's almost, it's almost like a very, uh, cream of mushroom soup flavor. Um, and that's and where the, like the, the sugar from the cap kind of served to counterbalance because I mean, all those flavors we're mentioning are all inherently savory. Yeah. So the sugar from the cap really, you know, at moments to me, it was a little overpowering, you know, for the most part, I thought that it did a really nice job of continuing to balance those savory flavors, especially as the cigar went on and the sugar kind of faded away. Um, it was, it was really good. I found that my first, the first one I smoked had more sweetness, more like it lingered longer. The, the sweetness did than it did in the second one. Yeah. I mean, it was about the same for me. And then I got some spiciness there at the, at the end of the first third. Wasn't, I don't know if it was baking spices, but it was some kind of spiciness. Hmm. Yeah, for me, it was uh, at the end of that third, I think I was kind of just noticing the the uh, the white pepper again. And maybe that's how that's how I interpreted it, because, again, my palate is not nearly as defined or refined as yours is. Or maybe um, I was interpreting the bacon spices as white pepper. Maybe I, I'm going to defer to you, though, sir. I am. You are more the expert than I am. Uh, the second third is, is where my, my ash finally dropped. I mean, that's how this thing was built. And it, like I said, it was cold outside. It was a razor sharp burn. I had no burn issues. I didn't have to relight. I didn't have to touch up. I didn't have to do anything with this cigar except smoke it. I was, um, uh, basically the same where, I mean, if you're one of those people out there that loves to like get that really long ash going, 
uh, I feel like this is a good candidate to get it, you know, pretty far down there. Uh, the one issue I had is uh, on my first cigar I smoked, it just like went out in the middle. Just I, I wasn't resting it too long, anything like that. It just all of a sudden I picked it up and it was gone. But uh, other than that, I mean, I mentioned in the review, it starts out, you know, the, the burn line was a little wonky at first, but then, I mean, like within the first like half inch, it was just perfect. But, I mean, for the rest of the cigar, except for that one tiny hiccup in the middle. Yeah. You can definitely tell with this cigar that they are using master rollers, like in the literal sense of the term master rollers. Yeah. It's pretty clear that uh, they know what they're doing. For sure. Uh, in the second third, again, I break this up into thirds and I don't know why I did this because there were, a, this is not a boring cigar by any stretch of the imagination. If it's, if you are one of the cigar geeks that like to sit there and try to pick out flavors, the time traveler 2019 is for you because there is a lot to pick out. I, I'm used to uh, Mike when I sit down and I, I try to, to do a cigar, I, you know, go halfway through the first third and it doesn't change. And then I do the second third, I get, you know, maybe a quarter of the way through and that's not going to change. And I get to the first third or the last third and it's, it's the same all the way. I get, there's nothing. So I can kind of zone out when I'm reviewing a cigar. Normally I couldn't zone out when I was reviewing this one. No, it, it reminded me, honestly, like maybe the closest thing that I've had is, uh, the Lord Byron that I reviewed, uh, not too long ago, uh, just be in terms of the complexity of flavors, uh, this thing, it, it just kept going. I mean, it, if you just get yourself a flavor wheel and smoke this cigar and then just kind of like mark off the flavors you're tasting, you're going to mark off a lot of the wheel. And especially by the time you smoke like two or three of them, you know, and those flavors you're more familiar with and you can kind of pick up the nuances. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a really fantastic experience. Absolutely. Uh, so my second third started off with a little bit of spice, probably lingering white pepper, uh, like you said, from from uh, the, the last of the first third. And then all of a sudden, again, the pepper comes and goes. It was black pepper right in my face. It wasn't overpowering, but it was enough for me to go, oh, wow, I hope, you know, is this going to stick around? Because I don't like pepper bombs. I've said that before. I'm more of a, a medium to, to, to mild guy, but I'm finding more and more I'd like the full flavor. Uh, but I still don't like pepper bombs. Uh, and this, the, the pepper came and then it went. And I was left with almost like a campfire type of taste. It's the only way I can explain it, like burnt wood. Yeah, uh, no, and, it's, uh, it, I'm, I'm the same way. Where I don't like a cigar if it's just going to be pepper from start to finish. Uh, yeah. You know, I can appreciate it for what it is, but it's not what I'm going to just, if I'm wanting to casually smoke a cigar, that's not what I'm going to grab. But this one, what was cool to me about it was the pepper was there for a little bit and then it went away. Might be a different kind of pepper the next time and then it goes away. So it was kind of like a nice pattern to it where um, you're not overwhelmed by any one flavor at any moment. It's just like a good continual rotation. Yep. And then I got to cinnamon. I again, I tasted cinnamon. You probably didn't taste. I tasted cinnamon. That's how my. I got a little cinnamon at the end there. Um the other really weird one uh, it, that I got was um, kind of like a sweet taffy. And then it was caramel. For me, it was banana. Like I just got like, this, like, like that, like uh, a <laughs> taffy banana flavor. So you got like a fruity note. Yeah. Yeah. Right there in the middle. 
I did not. I, how did I miss that? I, you know what? That makes me sad because I have yet. There's a lot of things that I've experienced with a cigar for the first time, like a butter note. Uh, even with this one, I got burnt toast. I've heard people say burnt toast in the second third of, of this time traveler 2019. I got burnt toast and I was like, holy crap, I taste burnt toast. This is amazing. Uh, I still have yet to have a fruity or floral. Like I don't, for whatever reason, my palate either doesn't taste it or it interprets it as something completely different. Hmm. This one had uh, had a lot of interesting stuff. It did. It was like I said, it was not boring. And uh, like I, the, I got burnt toast on, on the retro hill right there close to the end of the second third. Yeah. For me, the only other flavor I was getting out of there was um, kind of that like char on grilled meat. So yeah, right. kind of similar. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the whole burnt flavor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the final third, man, this thing, again, it started out strong on the final third. It was overpowering burnt spice is the only way that I can put that into words. It was a toasted nutmeg or toasted cinnamon, something, but it, it was, it, it was a lot of it and it was overpowering at first. Yeah. I mean, at this point for me, the sweetness from the cap was completely gone. Yeah. Right? Like it, it continues to fade as you smoke, but at this point it's like, it never existed. And I definitely got more like all the savory tones it had to offer. So I got like some char grilled meat again, a lot of pepper. And then um, I also got kind of uh, like a, what I called like briny or like kind of that seawatery taste. See, I know what you're talking about. And I always interpret that as almost like a, a grass or, or hay. Mm, yeah. It's similar in, in uh, at least in my mind. To, the, to what you're describing. As quickly as it was overpowering, it mellowed out, right? For me anyway, it immediately, like you're like, oh man, I hope this doesn't, you take another puff and it's gone. And you're like, wow. It's almost like it's announcing transitions. Yeah. Da, 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 here's a new one. Yeah, uh, and it, uh, every puff, like you said, it's just kind of like you get a few flavors for, you know, 10 minutes or something and then it's on to the next thing, which it is really interesting, but could also be frustrating if you're like, I really like these ones, but then they're gone. For me, I, I would much rather be entertained. And this cigar is very entertaining. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The way it ended for me, it ended with a pop more than a bang. And I always hate when you, when I smoke a cigar and it, <laughs> you, it, you get down to the very end and you're digging it but it's, it starts to become overpowering. It starts to become a pepper bomb or it starts to become a spice bomb. This one didn't end with that big bang. This one ended with a pop, which was perfect for me. I like the way that that ends. I don't like cigars that ramp up in, and most of them do. And a lot of that can be attributed to the amount of tar buildup at the end of the cigar. And, 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 but this one didn't do that. This one ended with a pop. It ended as, gracefully and as beautifully as it started. And I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of the cigar. Yeah. Same. I mean, it, like you said, it's a, it's a very entertaining cigar to smoke where if you just sit there and pay attention to it, it's going to give you as much as you give it really. I mean, it sounds kind of weird to say that, but it's not one that you just want to ignore as you smoke it. I mean, you could, I guess still be good. But no, and I, I think that brings up it, the, the more you're going to get out of it. Yeah. And I think that brings up an interesting point. And I think that's probably the case with most cigars. If you're going to sit down 
and you have a casual cigar. For example, I had a Perdomo something or another. I think it was a vintage 12. It was my first Perdomo on Saturday with Tim. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you <laughs> what I tasted because I was I was engaged in the moment. I know that I enjoyed the cigar. And I know, but if I revisit it, am I going to have the, especially by myself, if I'm sitting by myself and it's just me and my thoughts and I'm trying to pay attention to the cigar, will I enjoy it nearly as much as I did, you know, hanging out with a friend? Maybe, maybe not. With this cigar, like you have to pay attention to it because, and it forces you to, because like I said, it introduces every transition with, with that blast of pepper. It literally almost shakes you out of whatever you're in. Whatever headspace. Come up with the the right word, but the pepper is just kind of like the the heralder of the next uh, you know transition that's about to happen. Where you know whatever was happening, stand up, take notice. Pepper's here, and then you're gonna get something else here. <laughs> this is this is a very good cigar. I like. I I, I want to leave what you wrote uh, as a surprise. Like everybody, go to simplystokies.com. Uh, right there on the front page, if you go down past the the podcast, you'll see the the news and reviews. The very first review will be this one, or you can just at the at the top of the menu click reviews. Go to reviews. This will be uh, the very first one. Uh, I like what you've put on here. Who it is on par with? Right in terms of uh, the other the other companies I'm relating yes. it to. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it's a much better price. Much better pricing. So if we talk about pricing of this cigar, which which I think we probably should. So they had, what, 100 signed collector's boxes of 12s uh, or of 12 and 50 bundles of 25. So a total of less than 2,500 cigars, right? Correct. Uh, $9.95 for a single. Hey, that's a deal. Sub $10 for a single. It is on par with cigars that typically cost at least double that. Yeah. So you have this, we'll, we'll cover the ratings, the, your rating breakdown, craft and aesthetic, pre-light characteristic, lighting process, smoking experience, personal enjoyment, right? All of that will be on the website. All of that will be there. You can, you, everyone can look and break it down and you always give a compliment and you always critique a, a cigar, but this is one of the higher rated ones you've had. Yeah, it's right up there. What do you rate this, Mike? On, on your scale of, of one to 10, what do you rate it? One to ten, I give this a even nine point zero. Um, That's a r- rookie score. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, El Presidente Barstool Sports says it all the time. I'm joking. Uh, nine point zero out of ten is a that, that's a fantastic score for this. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, that's not a lot of cigars that I review get into the nines, and most of them that do are just kind of ones that you might expect, like a Davidoff here or there, or you know some of black label stuff, but this one really surprised me because I like to approach things with kind of a, uh, I won't say antagonistic, but just a, a inquisitive manner to where, you know, I'm like, well, why haven't I heard of these guys before? Why aren't they in my humor? Why aren't they online anywhere? And so I was kind of more approached it critically than maybe I would normally. And it really impressed me. This cigar is very impressive. Now, if it had a gimmick, the gimmick would be that there are eight solid transitions. Are there eight solid transitions? I, I would say I, I don't remember counting. Right. Yeah, same. Where uh, I, I actually, so there's not a lot of other reviews out for this cigar, but one of them is Catman, who, I mean, everybody, at least I love him. I love reading his stuff. And he actually broke it down. Instead of into thirds, he broke it into 
three quarter inch increments to try to pick out all the flavors and transitions. <laughs> so if you have a spare like two hours, go read his review. It's, <laughs> it's we could probably talk about our reviews for another hour and a half without a doubt. This, like I said, this cigar is not boring. It will keep your attention. I would agree with your score. It's a nine. I would go maybe a little bit higher. I was really impressed with this. I've had uh, an Isabella firecracker before, but this is the first, this was my first, uh, uh, I don't want to say full size, but my, my first uh, real Isabella cigar that, that was more than just a, you know, half hour smoke. And I absolutely fell in love with it. <laughs> I want to get a box of these. I want to try all of their stuff. I want to get my hands on as much Isabella as I can. I'm going to give this a 9.3. I thought it was fantastic. The construction, like when you can, like I said, when you can take this out from, from a, a wine door at 65 degrees and then put it through all the temperature changes before you get to it, you know, in such a short amount of time and it doesn't just start unraveling and it doesn't blow up in your hand you know that you've got a quality cigar and this is quality. Uh, the two uh, names that you put this on par with in your final review are dead on while they may not have a sweetened tip. And while I typically don't like the sweetened cap, it, this one does not detract from the cigar. This one adds to the cigar experience. Right. It, it's not there to kind of like set the tone of sweetness like on other cigars. It's uh it's definitely there to to help balance things. Absolutely. And I think a lot of I think a lot of forethought goes into what Johnny does and what he comes up with and what Isabella uh is. Isabella is a, a an artisanal cigar. It is a boutique cigar. As Jeremy Castagli would say, this is a boutique as fuck. Do not miss out on Isabella. Find it wherever you can. In fact, you can <laughs> go to Isabellacigarcompany.com and see what they've got there. I, I encourage you all to do that because this cigar is that good. I really like this cigar. I was, I'm going to be honest. So you and I have been talking about, you know, getting, getting your review up and syncing it with the podcast so we can get it all out together. I was apprehensive of what you were going to think of this cigar. Cause I was afraid you were going to think I was crazy for how much I liked this cigar. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was fully prepared to think that. <laughs> Yeah, but we both really like this. When you told me that your review was was up and I could go look at it, I went and looked down. I was like, oh, thank God. He likes this cigar too. I want to find more of their stuff. Everybody go check out IsabellaCigarCompany.com and, and order a box if you can do that. Uh, find it wherever you can. I know that I am on the lookout now for more uh, Isabella, and I can't wait to have uh, Johnny on and talk to him about his vision, his artistic vision and how he approaches things from an artist standpoint. I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope you are too. Mike, thank you so much for dropping by sharing with us your experience with this cigar. I'm looking forward to having you on again very, very soon, uh, where I think we're going to be reviewing together stolen throne crook of the crown. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I blindly bought a bundle of those. So we'll find out together if that was a good idea or a horrible idea. Well, I hope it's a good idea because I'm trying to get uh, uh, the guys from uh, Stolen Throne on. I've heard all good things, so 
I have too. I haven't heard a bad thing about it. So uh, look forward to that. Mike, thank you again for this review. As always, spot on. Check it out. Simplystogies.com. Go to reviews. Check out all of his reviews. Uh, He also, Mike, you wrote a great uh, little blurb. I don't want to say little because it was not little. On uh, the history of the Tatawahe monsters, which is a fantastic read. If you haven't read that, go check that out. Simplystogies.com. Uh, Mike, you are, as always, you are a wealth of knowledge. Uh, your insight and expertise are very much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So join me next time when uh, I will be in Lincoln, Nebraska, talking to the owners of Cigars Lounge and Capital Cigars Lounge, uh, both in Lincoln, Nebraska. Both are very good friends. They own uh, Stacy Williams owns Cigars Lounge uh, downtown. Tony owns uh, Capital Cigars uh, on the south side of town. They're both Marines. They were both stationed in Okinawa at the same time. Didn't know each other. And now, all these years later, they own cigars, uh, cigar lounges on uh, opposite sides of town. It's a fantastic interview. I'm looking forward uh, to, to getting it out there for everybody. So until then, Mike, thank you. And everybody, stay smoky. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.